Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include townhome construction, my interview with Ian Goldsmith, SVP of Product Management at Meridian Link on all things automation in the mortgage industry, and the latest U.S. payrolls data. Today's podcast is brought to you by CWDL. When it comes to organizational finances in heavily regulated industries, the devil is in the details. Finding a partner who can extract actionable insights from complex data can mean the difference between sleepless anxiety and a clear-eyed understanding of what's ahead. CWL's mortgage industry-specific audit, accounting, tax, and consulting solutions help you better understand the present so you can plan for the future. They know what it's like to be in your shoes, so they take an entrepreneurial approach to your finances, helping you maximize profit and capitalize on emerging opportunities. Even amidst volatile markets and seismic industry shifts, CWDL is here with the guidance you need to see beyond today and make confident decisions about tomorrow. See what's possible with CWDL. Yes, it's March 4th, the only day that is a command for us humans. We thought it was our ability to love that made us human, but it turns out it's actually our ability to select each image that contains a traffic light. Put another way, to prove to a robot that we are not a robot. Underwriters know a thing or two about human nature and about collateral. Do your underwriters care if the loan is on a townhome? Think single-family dwellings with at least two floors that share a wall with another house, each individually owned. If they do, you should know that townhome construction has surged in the last year or so. By the most recent numbers, townhomes now make up nearly 13% of all single-family starts and have notched a 38% uptick in just a single year. Why? Follow the money. Oh, and larger homes are coming your way, as they have been for a while. Recent data from the NAHB confirms that the size of new single-family homes continues to increase, likely to allow homes to serve multiple functions for homeowners. Something tells me this doesn't fall into the affordable housing category. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the podcast Ian Goldsmith. Ian serves as the SVP of Product Management at MeridianLink, a leading provider of modern software platforms for financial institutions and consumer reporting agencies. He is responsible for the long-term vision of the product, ensuring continuous product innovation and delivering modern platform experience to MeridianLink's broad customer base. Previously, Ian was Chief Product Officer at Waycare, leading the creation of innovative data and AI products that manage the flow of traffic through cities, predict where crashes are likely to occur, and control infrastructure to prevent them. Prior to Waycare, Ian drove product and market strategy for Akana, a leading provider of API management products, which became the foundation of many of the world's largest API initiatives, including global clients Barclays, John Deere, and Marriott. Ian holds a master's degree in computer science from Cambridge University and focuses his energies on applying advanced technology solutions to real-world problems to help clients drive business growth and improve efficiency. Why is automation so crucial in today's competitive mortgage market? It's actually a, a pretty interesting question. Um, I think a lot of people would think that through automation, you can reduce the cost of a loan. And bear in mind that lenders typically compete for, for business. They compete with each other based on two things, really experience, borrower experience and price. We would argue that automation actually has a bigger impact on borrower experience than it does on price. It's things like improving convenience, streamlining the application process, reducing cycle times. 
also has a significant impact on staff experience. It helps your the lender's staff have a better time. They're eliminating mundane, monotonous tasks, reduces errors. Now, of course, if you can reduce costs, you can do that. If your project is managed very carefully and you select appropriate vendors and, and delivery models, fundamentally what, what we're doing with automation is allowing improved scale. You're helping the lender scale with changes in industry volumes without having to change your staffing levels accordingly. Once a mortgage lender decides to automate processes, how should they get started? Well, I think there's a couple of big things here. Um, The first is to select appropriate vendors. I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, The second is to ensure that you involve your staff as key stakeholders. It'd be pretty easy, I think, as a lender to uh, really put the wind up your stuff. It's a bit of a British phrase there. Scare your stuff, I should say, um, with the idea that automation is going to put them out of a job. And, And that's not what it's about at all. So if you invite your staff to participate in the process, they're going to feel much less threatened by automation and, and are likely to end up having higher job satisfaction, knowing that their voice was heard and that they're also eliminating some of the more painful parts of their job. Let's come back to vendors for a second. We would argue that the, the LOS, the loan origination system, is, is critical. It, it's the system of record for lending. It's the central hub for, for other mortgage service providers and, and how all of the things that you need to complete a loan connect. So one of the most important elements of the LOS is that it has to have a robust set of open APIs to minimize the need for any automation vendor partners to have to do screen scraping technologies. That that can end up pretty unreliable. So ideally, your LOS would have some kind of eventing system that would reduce the need for external entities to poll. And then you roll through the list of things like a POS, uh, fairly obvious that automating the way a borrower interacts with the loan officer through managed upload of docs, et cetera, is pretty key. On the back of that, you've got OCR, optical character recognition, scanning documents automatically, extracting appropriate information into relevant relevant areas of the, the file, and then classifying documents appropriately. That implies good interaction with doc vendors, making sure that you're publishing disclosures at all the right times. And then you get into things like RPA vendors, uh, robotic process automation, where they can sort of sit around the outside of all of these systems, acting as an extra user or 20, depending on scaling need. And I think one one final thing to touch on there is that you really want to make sure that the vendors you're working with offer consulting services to help guide you through the automation journey. So those are kind of the two main elements, selecting vendors and making sure you keep your staff engaged. How should lenders prioritize what to automate and how should they prepare for challenges that come with change? Yeah, I think a couple of things. You can you can take a super logical approach to it and say, well, okay, let's look at all the various tasks involved in processing a loan. And we'll look at the, the tasks that involve uh, high-priced people, high-priced resources within my business and that take a long time. And you can, you can go and sort of create a detailed spreadsheet. Well, okay, it takes me... 10 hours to do this, and that's an expensive person. So what can I automate there? That's one approach, uh, and that that does make sense to sort of do that. However, we'd sort of recommend that you start small and continuously add additional automations. You you want to minimize the number of moving parts, and, and you also want to make sure that as you progress through your automation journey, you're ensuring you're capturing the ROI you expect before you kind of get too deep into the process. So a couple of different but tracks that you can take there. 
And what are some of your suggestions for processes to automate? Yeah, there's a lot, right? Um, there's a yeah. ton of different areas you can focus. You've got the basic stuff around app collection, including like pre-approval processes. Um, you can sort of take that all the way through the more sophisticated pieces like uh, fully automated underwriting, uh, even in engaging AI platforms. And, and we've got partners like Candor engaging there. I look at some of the low-hanging fruit, things like uh, common service orders. Um, <clears throat> it's pretty obvious at what point in the loan process you need to order flood, fraud, verification of employment, income assets, all of those kind of things. And so those, those types of processes are right for automation. Instead of having loan officer having to look at the system and periodically check and say, hey, what, what needs to be done now? Why not automate some of those things? And then there are some things that really start to, to have significant impact touching on the regulatory aspect. So things like loan repricing and qualification. So key piece of data uh, on the file changes. You want to make sure that you don't miss, miss your change of circumstances window for, for issuing new disclosures and repricing. So there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Um, we could get into considerably deep conversations around dot classification, cross-sell, dot collection, lots of processes. But I, I kind of like to start with the, the smaller, simpler things. And let's put a bow on all of this. How should lenders actually assess if automation is working? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And again, I think it, it sort of depends on, on how you want to look at things. Um, you can take a qualitative approach. So borrower surveys, employee surveys, asking your customers and your employees, how are you doing? Is their life getting any better? Uh, you can get deep into quantitative stuff. So, uh, I mean, a good metric would be time to close. You'd hope that through automation, you would be able to speed up your process and process loans more quickly. Uh, so things like average time in each loan stage, if you wanted to get more granular, files per employee in a given unit of time. So there's a bunch of things you can look at there. And then maybe a more important metric, a more important way to look here would be by looking at things like tolerance cures. It's a quality metric. So post-closing um, disclosures, uh, tolerance cures, number of touches is actually a pretty interesting metric. So how often does a loan end up being pushed back into underwriting, for example? So ideally, through automation, you'd be able to eliminate a lot of these uh, manual processes and, and errors that cause you to extend your process. So those would really be the ways that I would check that. As you alluded to, you could talk about this for a long time. So I certainly look forward to having you back on the podcast and I uh, want to thank you for making the time today to uh, talk to me. Thanks very much, Rob. Really enjoyed it. The Fed certainly finds itself in a tough spot, grappling with U.S. inflation, which can be dampened by higher rates, and the Russian invasion of Ukraine, causing a flight to quality and lower rates. Fed Chair Powell said in his semi-annual congressional testimony that current economic conditions support a 25 basis point rate increase this month, but did not rule out the potential for a bigger hike. Quote, to the extent that inflation comes in higher or is more persistently high than that, then we would be prepared to move more aggressively by raising the federal funds rate by more than 25 basis points at a meeting or meetings, Powell said. Mortgage rates finally declined ahead of today's jobs report as traders continued to weigh the impacts of the war in Ukraine. The Russian invasion seems to have made it easier for central bank policymakers across the globe to raise rates gradually and methodically, without upsetting any apple carts. As the war enters its second week, calls to hike rates dramatically have faded and a 25 basis point increase is what the market is now expecting. 
In his second day of congressional testimony yesterday, Fed Chair Powell said that the decline in labor force participation is, quote, certainly something that's now contributing to wage inflation and actual inflation and to the labor shortage that we're currently seeing, end quote. He also emphasized to a Senate panel that the central bank is prepared to increase faster if need be. Cleveland Fed President Mester echoed that message, saying yesterday that the uncertainty of the Ukraine conflict also adds upside risk to inflation, which could cause the Fed to react more decisively. Looking at wage inflation and labor shortages, today's job report was forecast to show average hourly earnings rising 5.8% year over year, the strongest data going back to 2007, excluding two pandemic-distorted prints in 2020. And make no mistake, wages are the key number to watch in the jobs report. Many workers have not seen their incomes keep up with inflation. High labor costs would be yet another factor for the Federal Reserve to contend with as it prepares to raise interest rates to tamp down inflation. Today's highlight is the employment report for February. The labor participation rate ticked up, with non-farm payrolls registering in up 678000 much higher than expected. Hourly earnings were flat, and on the year up 5.1% missing expectations, and the unemployment rate was 3.8%. Today's lone Fed speaker sees Chicago's Evans delivering remarks, and the New York Fed desk will purchase up to $2.6 billion of conventional MBS. We begin the day with agency MBS prices better by a quarter, and the 10-year yielding 1.78 after closing yesterday at 1.84%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A drunk man who smelled like beer sat down on a subway next to a priest. The man's tie was stained. His face was plastered with red lipstick, and a half-empty bottle of gin was sticking out of his torn coat pocket. He opened his newspaper and began reading. After a few minutes, the man turned to the priest and asked, Say, Father, what causes arthritis? The priest replied, My son, it's caused by loose living, being with cheap, wicked women, too much alcohol, contempt for your fellow man, sleeping around with prostitutes, and a lack of bath. The drunk muttered in response, Well, I'll be damned, and then returned to his paper. The priest, thinking about what he had said, nudged the man and apologized. I'm very sorry, I didn't mean to come on so strong. How long have you had arthritis? The drunk answered, I don't have it, Father, I was just reading that the Pope does. (laughs) Thanks again to CWDL, providing industry-specific audit, accounting, and tax solutions that help you better understand the present so you can plan for the future. See what's possible? CWDL. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.